You're listening to The Lively Show, episode 328. Welcome to The Lively Show. I'm your host, Jess Lively, and this podcast is designed to uplift, inspire, and add a little extra presence to your everyday. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you so much, as always, for listening. Today's episode is brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace is a very, very, very good place to start if you are going to create a website, especially with a team, or if this is something that you're doing for your photography, your pottery, whatever the thing is, if you need to have a website, I highly recommend trying out Squarespace and seeing if you love it as much as our team does. We here at Team Lively have been working in the background on the foundation website. If you want to go see a Squarespace site in action that we've created, you can go over to livelycommunityfoundation.org. That's our URL for our Squarespace site. Our team has been working on it together. We had a graphic designer and developer put it together along with Nishi, our director for the foundation. And now it's super simple because she can go into the back end to change anything up that we want going forward as well. So we've kind of customized and kind of added our graphic je ne sais quoi. We've made it prettier than it was in a sense of like more custom. We looked at where the photos and the layouts could go, and then we made it adapted to our needs and to our desires. Even sometimes where you could, for example, put a photo, you can even use graphic design to put that in place there. So anyways, it's really beautiful. If you wanna try out and see our own example, you can go over there and of course, learn more about the foundation and what we're doing with our emotional well-being brigade as well. But the point of it really is Squarespace is awesome. As a team, it's awesome. And even our newest team member, Michaela, has Squarespace experience, which was when VK was looking into who she was going to hire for this new manager role. As she's leaving, we needed to have someone come in to replace. It was amazing to know Michaela also has that background herself. So even on the practical level of getting a job that actually worked out in her favor. So yeah, try it and see if you love it as much as we do. You can go over to squarespace.com slash lively for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code lively to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. Again, I hope you love it as much as we do. In addition, our show is sponsored by FreshBooks. FreshBooks is bookkeeping software for creatives and small business owners that want to love it. It was so cool recently. I saw on an Instagram post that someone had used our FreshBooks recommendation in our link, which I'll give you in a second, and they were loving it as much as I do. And I was like, yes, yes, fist pumping in the air. Of course, it's so awesome. If you want to love it like Instagram, if you're someone like me that loves the visual, loves it to be pretty, loves it to be fun and interactive in a really natural and intuitive way, FreshBooks is perfect for that. I am not surprised. And then someone else jumped in in the comments below that person's comment asking her about it as well. So it's neat to see you guys are also finding the joy from FreshBooks and alignment like myself. If you want to give that a try for 30 days for free, head over to freshbooks.com lively. Give this a shot. We're still early into 2020. So if you're doing bookkeeping for 2020 and you want to enjoy it and find it aligning, see if you like it as much as we do. Yeah, I just love me some FreshBooks. All right, now let's move on. Today's show, The Collective is back. I recorded this last night here in Bali. So first of all, I did not realize because it gets quite hot in Bali, as you can imagine. We had a fan and air conditioning unit on, so sorry if you hear the hum of that, but also there's randomly something outside of the building that I'm in, the beautiful like indoor-outdoor kind of villa. The life of that is very beautiful, but sound from other places in the surrounding areas travels very easily. So you might hear some weird, weird noises of like almost like a sounding of like an auction. I don't know. Every night there's some person on a loudspeaker. <laughs> 
a few streets over saying stuff and I have no idea what it's all about. But hopefully I realized as I was recording that with the collective and Annie that I was like, oh gosh, that might be in the recording. So please uh, ignore that if Joe can't get it out of the audio for you guys as you listen. I'm so excited to have the collective back. Annie and I are loving the collective collective and the collective collective is that group experience we're doing with people submitting their questions to the collective and through our second session together, if you will, One of the questions that was asked was all around the concept of sacred geometry and astrology and whether or not those modalities were necessary anymore or if they actually could become a hindrance to realization and enlightenment in the human path. And the collective had a fascinating answer to that. And even though our topic in the session for that day was work-related, so this was an astrologer who was asking because it was based on, you know, basically her work, but I just wanted to go more into like the whole idea of the esoteric And they actually had mentioned also, which we'll get into, something about past lives and why so many people in this human experience are drawn to those older wisdoms, potentially because of past lives they've had themselves. So we're going to go into this. It is so fun to talk to them about that. I actually get to ask a few questions on astrology myself that I've been wondering about, but also hear their perspective on ancient wisdoms and their place in our current modern realization times that we're in now. Let's go to the show. All right. Here we are. So much fun to be here with you. So happy you're back, Collective. I know we've been chatting in the Collective Collective together in the last few weeks, but the show hasn't heard you for a while. So anything new you want to share? (laughs) (laughs) These way of speaking are so fun for us. Anything new. (laughs) We are just thrilled of noticing the expansion of the presence we're having with you and with anyone who's listening, and the kind of ripple effect it has in consciousness. We're thrilled we are creating something that is blooming already. And it was kind of being prepared without being predetermined, but the seeds were there. And now we're seeing the seeds are just growing and expanding, and we're thrilled. How can you tell they're growing? We feel the energy, we see, if we can say seeing, we perceive that web that we talked about already with a group, that beautiful energy. It's kind of a a whole world in itself that is being created. It's adding to consciousness. It's not something separate. It's something that unites with the whole, that adds to the whole And we feel that and we perceive that because we are kind of the anchor of this in this reality with the two of you. And meaning Jess and Annie and then those who are part of that group and who are listening to this today. So we are just thrilled. The seeds are sprouting. So I'm excited for this topic. Annie is too. This is something that Annie and Jess have talked about. And it came up through our second episode or the collective collective recording we just did. And it was around the older wisdom teachings that have been around for sometimes thousands of years. And you can name the the teachings that you'd like to name. But basically, you have an interesting point of view on the ancient teachings a lot of people are currently now using in their lives for clarity and wisdom. You were saying that they're not necessarily necessary anymore. And this, Annie and Jess, that could be a very interesting topic to discuss with you because a lot of people have found such value out of those systems. And it might be surprised to find out your perspective. 
Yes, indeed. It is fun for us to bring this topic because we, as a teaching or guiding energy, want to show you how free you are, how sovereign you are, how creator you are in your own life. These ancient structures, thought systems, belief systems that we may be calling or to name a few, we're speaking here what rules your celestial bodies, so astrology, you would say. We are speaking what is the grounding system of any physical matter or form, and we are speaking here sacred geometry. It has many other names, but we are going to use this one. And these systems, and we can even say yoga, which has been most probably the most ancient one known to humanity. These are systems that were given to you, humans incarnated in a body, to be able to expand in this world. First, to survive. We have to say this. They were given to you first so you could survive use the body, the machine that was given to you to ground the soul or the energy in it, in this reality. And so these were systems that were very useful. They were necessary, a, we will say, a long, long, long time ago, eons of time ago. They were necessary for people to be able to live their life more than just one or two decades. They were necessary for people to understand the flow of energy that runs through the body and that links you humans to your context, your environment, the, the earth and the basically all the grids that are creating your re physical reality. They were necessary in that sense. If not, because not everyone knew of them, of course, life was more difficult. The humans would not be expanding, would not be thriving easily. Some people were blessed, of course, with such a faith, such a belief in something grander than them that they were connecting naturally to those systems and they were receiving like downloading the information straight into their own body and they were using that. But we have to say the consciousness or the life force or the flow of energy that was available if we go back like hundreds of thousands of years ago were really not the same as what they are today or even as what they were 2,000 years ago, which is a scale that you can connect to easily. So that's why they were given to humanity, because it was needed in order to, to survive and live here on this plane. But now, consciousness is way more available to you. The light, the flow of life force, the connection to all that is, the vibration level on this plane is far grander, higher cleaner in a way, or available in a way. It's difficult to put words on that, but it's something that has to be experienced. It's so much more available for you that you don't need these systems in order to 
have a wonderful experience of being a human on this plane. We mean being connected, conscious, awakened. You don't need these systems anymore, but they still can support the experience. This is great. So one of the things that people might be wrapping their head around on what you've just shared is that something like astrology could have been, I can understand very directly like yoga, for example, and breath work and postures, grounding consciousness into a body that makes total natural sense to me. For something like, let's say astrology, that a lot of people I've noticed even on Instagram, there seems to be an uptick in awareness to that type of modality. How was that useful for the humans back in the day before? Well, it was useful for sensing, connecting to the flows of energy that were pertaining to this particular planet that you are living on. Because astrology in the early times, we will say, was connecting the people to the celestial bodies energies and they were having an effect on the elements of this planet that you live on. They were having an effect on the water elements, on the fire or the air or the earth elements and even on the etherical elements. So basically to survive you needed to have crops, you needed to grow things or you needed to have let's say, animals being attracted to a certain part of the land so you could hunt them. And calling upon the energies which are entangling the celestial bodies together because there is this relation that most humans nowadays ignore simply and completely. But there is this connection. It has a purpose. Of course, nowadays your life has so much more technologies, you don't need that. But in ancient times, astrology was considered a technology to read the planet's cycles, to understand its flow, to understand its needs also, because the planet has needs. So most humans are listening to this their connection, this is fascinating. So you're also speaking agriculturally, they're knowing what season they're in, which is so true. We take that for granted that we know what day of the year it is and the day of the month. That was something that helped ground that awareness rather than in the eternal now, which is even still more true. It gave them a sense of time of the year. Yes, and so much more than that. It gave them also a sense of how to use their energy the body energies, how to use the wisdom that is naturally cyclical in a human body that is in a dual world. As we, the collective, are not submitted to any of these cyclical energies, but it is easy for us to show you or to explain or to note, point at this, that you as human beings, as long as you're in a duality world and as long as you're not free, meaning as you're not connected to the full awareness of who you are, you are still submitted to these cycles. And it has been, a, not a pity, but uh, this word is too human for us. You have been letting go of a beautiful wisdom by distancing yourself from the knowledge given by those cyclical rhythms 
provided by the planets and the celestial bodies. But now it has been replaced by other technologies, so it would be wise to consider these cyclical rhythms as well. Okay, yeah. Actually, I had a friend recently ask me my opinion on something like astrology. And most people, by the way, this is fascinating to see it from a cyclical, natural effect on so many other aspects. But most people think in astrology as a common layman's term understanding, a Virgo likes things that are organized, a Taurus is stubborn, (laughs) a Libra like myself likes pretty things. (laughs) So are those elements of, let's say, personality ascribed to someone's astrological chart still necessary, no longer necessary? And can we let go of those? And and also, very important question, I'm sure a lot of people are wondering, can we surpass Mercury retrograde? <laughs> and can our lives not be affected in the ways that that could be messing things up, as people like to think? Thank you, thank you, thank you. And once again, thank you for bringing that Mercury retrograde. We want to say, how much does the mind love to have breaks? How much does the human mind love to have a reason to not do things? And this is one amazing label that we invite you all to go beyond or to just consider what permission this Mercury retrograde energy gave you to not do, not be, not feel, not expand, not listen to inside of you. How so? What do you mean, not to listen inside of you? When you are given uh, something that it's a strong belief system, Mercury retrograde is just one, how could we say? It's one manifestation that is authentic, that is true, that is happening in this system of celestial bodies in your galaxy, in, in your world. So we do not reject that at all. What we are saying is how much the human mind enjoys having a reason not to listen to. And we're going to explain. You have an innate will to expand. This is not in the mind. This is absolutely not in the mind. It is far grander than that. It is connected to the life flow that runs through everyone who's alive. The mind has been distorted over the millenniums, centuries, the years. It's an accumulation of things, events, experience that show the human, this is dangerous, this is to fear, we don't want to go there because, because, because. So all reasons are good for the mind to keep the human away from a certain experience and even from enlightenment because then the human is free and the mind feels it has no more job, it has no more role, it has no more purpose. That's not true also. The mind, when the human is awake and has a much lovelier, much nicer purpose, but in its current state, most humans will have the mind not want them to expand because it fears what's beyond the expansion. So Mercury retrograde is just another space or another reason someone can give themselves to not listen to what is inside. And what is inside is that life force showing you, yes, 
it is Mercury retrograde. This is simply to show you where you are stuck in life, not meaning that you need to stay stuck in it. So should people take awareness to things like Mercury retrograde or to their astrological chart, etc.? Yes, if they feel drawn to it. If they do it because it's a fad, because it's a fashion, because you see it on your phones and everything that links you together, then don't do it. If you feel an, an attraction to it, an inner pull to know more, there is something for you in there. But what we're saying is that you don't need it anymore now in order to attain or to reach the opening of consciousness that astrology was giving people back in the ancient times. Perfect. And actually, I remember now where this exactly, what you said in the Collective Collective episode or conversation, you said that, because someone had asked, are these getting in the way of realization, these modalities? And this is coming from an astrologer and sacred geometry person that does this, I think professionally. So her awareness was really keen and astute to even suggest that. And you had said a lot of people now are reconnecting to energies they previously in other lives had explored, like astrologers from the past are finding it now and loving it because it's familiar to them. Is that true? Like that people a lot of times are finding shamans are, that were shamans are being shamans again? Yes. It's so true that, you know, right now in the moment, Annie, who's speaking for us, is having quite an experience because that was her life previously. And she's crying tears of just, it feels so familiar, it feels so good for her to recall cellular level, to recall these experiences. That's why people nowadays are so drawn to these, but we are urging you, you don't need them anymore. And this is not a hindrance to enlightenment or to awakening or to realization, but it sure slows you down. People think that it makes you faster. Why is it slowing you down? It's making things faster for people who need that to open up. You have to understand one thing here that is very important. We're not judging at all people who are using this because they need it. They feel attracted to it, and it's very good. But we are telling you, you don't need it anymore in order to allow the realization to be lived inside of you. It's not needed anymore in order to comprehend, to experience more than anything else what you truly are. Before, in ancient times, this was the structure needed for your energy centers to open up. It was kind of a gradation, an incrementation, going from the basis to the top, step by step. Things can be done differently nowadays because of the availability of light, of consciousness, and also of the fact that you don't need to go out and hunt for your meal today. So you have time, you have energy for yourself. Do you see the difference? I think so. Here's a question we didn't discuss, so I'm just going to throw this at you. <laughs> One of the other areas that I would probably lump into a similar 
aspect. And this actually I've heard from people that are big proponents of psychedelic use have even said that a lot of the esoteric knowledge from the past may have come from people that were using psychedelics in the past. What's your take on that? Because that's been a big sector of popularity in recent years as well that's grown. On using psychedelics? Yeah, for greater awareness. Well, of course, these substances will get you in spaces where the identification to the body changes a lot, or even we don't say will be completely severed, but it's really altering the relationship to the body. So then people can reach places where they are more in the, we see the right hemisphere of the brain. So it's more of a unity context. It's less individualized and the person feels the wholeness, the oneness, probably not fully, but they feel it in a much different way. So they they have a sense of freedom that they don't have when they are grounded in their body, so to speak. But one does not need these in order to feel ecstatic. One does not need these in order to feel 100% blissful. In fact, using the energy systems of your body and taking care of them and bringing your awareness out of the past and the future into this moment will open these gates, these dimensions in such an easy way and you can be fully ecstatic and blissful in the human body without using any kind of substance at all. The body is meant to do that. The body has all it needs to reach these states by itself with a conjunction of awareness, a lowering of the mind activity or the mind overruling of your life and an acknowledgement of what supports the body or what breaks the body. And when you put all these together, alignment comes and then the blissful state can be experienced in like short periods of times or longer, longer, longer periods of times. Beautiful. And one of the things as you were sharing earlier about astrology as an example, but you were saying this is also sacred geometry or potentially something like a psychedelic as well. Jess Lively, the character speaking to you in the mind, I think also looks at her dive into the law of attraction work and was fascinated by the underpinnings of reality and wanted to understand and the joy and fun of that. Now it's like understanding and studying gravity for a really, really long time. It's great. You don't need to study gravity. Gravity is still happening whether you're studying it as such. But now I feel like it's a nice, fun touchstone but it no longer is something I try to mentally manipulate in any extreme way other than just living through awareness and allowing preferences in the mind and then letting go of the resistance. And, you know, knowing it's still working doesn't mean I need to keep studying the way that you're saying something like astrology or other esoteric work would be necessary any longer. You're right. And the beautiful thing in that is that we see you have integrated these aspects of your life, which is why you don't need to study them anymore, but they are pertaining to your reality. Yes. Oh, crystals. 
everyone that follows Instagram for me knows crystals were super fun, did a show on them, was fascinated. Now they're just a beautiful part of my life that I enjoy, but I don't focus on in the mind anymore. Yeah, the thirst for knowing about crystals has been, you know, quenched. And that's how people evolve. That's how they grow. That's how they expand. And in this lifetime, we have to say, those of you who have incarnated right now are probably noticing how much they enjoy touching a little bit of this and a little bit of that and a little bit of this and that. And it's like a bee going from a flower to the other flower to another one, touching about crystals and astrology and sacred geometry and then the law of attraction and then something else and then maybe tarot and then other systems and ancient wisdoms and even sacred language and all these because you have known them in previous experience or in parallel experiences or multi-dimensional experiences and some of them are very dear to your heart and this lifetime is the lifetime of recollection this lifetime is the lifetime of gathering all the knowledge all the knowingness more than the knowledge that is anchored inside of your being on all its levels and putting that together so this step forward for humanity can be accessed. Okay, so this is interesting. What just came to Jess's mind is the analogy as you described the integration aspect, like the soul went around in a creative frenzy and played with all the things it has in its room, like a little child in its toy box. It plays with all the toys over many days. And then this one day, it cleans up the toys and puts it all back into organization again after having played with it all. Is that <laughs> sort of what you're describing? It's not the soul doing that. It's the mind. Oh, the soul is knowing that you had joy, discoveries, growth from these systems. It knows it brought them or these relics, energetical relics are anchored in your cells, but your soul knows very well it has been done. The mind feels the familiarity of it. The mind is attracted to what feels familiar because it feels safe. And that's why some people will dive again in these systems and will want and feel very much attracted to them and will want to awaken them and use them again because the mind is still thinking it needs these support system in order to grow but the mind has no perspective on realization the mind doesn't know realization okay so the mind is then what cleans up the toys in the room or is it the soul that integrates those aspects? Oh, the soul will integrate. The soul will help you integrate. The mind is the one wanting to have a bite of this cookie and that cookie and this one again because it feels so good. We know that flavor. It feels familiar. It feels good. We feel home. The mind is fearful of going beyond. The soul knows you've been going beyond and beyond from one lifetime to the other one. Soul is never afraid. 
okay, let's say I like your cookie analogy. So if they're biting the cookie, the mind's just tromping along like hungry, hungry hippo eating everything. How does it stop? Does the soul make you stop? I can think about my crystal life personal experience and eventually it became less interesting. But I can't say that I mentally made some experience. You don't need to rush. Absolutely not. But when a being feels that person wants to go beyond, I want them, we want them to know the systems are not needed anymore. We are giving you a potential here. We are giving you more seeds for them to sprout later. We are opening you up to the potential that you don't need these systems Systems are limits in themselves. Limits are intrinsically built into systems. So astrology is wonderful. Sacred geometry is wonderful. But you can be so much more than that. That's what we want you to open up to allow yourself to feel in the possibility and the potential. Do not dive into something that is not attracting to you. Don't do that because we say so. But if you feel like that person who brought the question about do we need these systems, are they a hindrance to our evolution? When you have this quest, when you are questioning the belief, please know that the belief is almost gone. When you don't question a belief, it is yours. When you question it, you can open up to something grander. I love that. Again, astrology is such an easy example of this that could apply to so much more than saying that someone's a Virgo and that their qualities have to be so narrowly focused. What you're saying is they're all of the astrology qualities and Mercury retrograde could be an appropriate time to launch something new or buy a new technology and be fine. It could be fine if you dare go see the offering of Mercury in that moment of your life, which is showing you the shadow, the blocks that are active in your life right now. And if you don't have the honesty of looking at it, then the project you have may, you know, be walking on only one leg, maybe limping, maybe not having the full energy it could have. It's not a no-no. The thing is, humanity, society have been taking these gifts that the celestial bodies are showing you like describing qualities for a person or telling that a certain cyclical period is good or not good to do or not do something. People have been taking them too seriously. All right, let's look at the two holy ones. I'm making that up. I'm using that loosely, lovingly. Okay, meditation and yoga. There's a lot of people that might say, okay, fine, astrology. Okay, tarot, sure. Okay, a sacred geometry, if you say so. When it comes to something like meditation or yoga, often that is associated with a path to realization. Of course. Let's say, and we're going back, we're rewinding a little bit. The mind has an effect on the body, of course, but the mind has a playground in itself. And sometimes people who are feeding on astrology, theories and things that astrology brought to this plane are not using it in its full potential they are keeping it in the mind okay so that may be a space where humanity is limiting itself going back now to meditation and yoga system 
they were meant to allow the sacred to flow in the body, to have you all remember that you are this divinity in disguise. They were meant to connect you to the life force, to that flow of energy that is in and around you, but most of the time you don't focus on, you don't even feel, you don't even believe is part of you. So they are touching directly so much more than the mind. They are touching the body, the emotions, the energy system, the etherical system. So anything that is not visible from the human body, but that is still there and that is reacting or responding to your environment. So these systems are, we would say, deliciously improving your life. And we will dare say on the same level as the other ones we've mentioned before, they are not necessary, but they are beautiful tools. But we will dare say that someone who is not able to move the body at all and so who is not doing what the physical requirement of yoga asked for, that person can still be in yoga. That person can still do the meditation and be out of the mind and into the awareness of the body, even though the body would not be moving. So you don't need to do the postures, the requirements of the physical body with the yoga, you don't need them in order to achieve the union that yoga calls for. But since you have a body, and for most of you, your body is functioning, and your body moves and is flexible, there is a gift in there that you can use to help you align your energies so once again, don't do it if it's because it's a tendency nowadays. Do it if you feel a calling. Do it if for you, who is a unique person, who is not the neighbor, who is not the one who's giving the show, who's not the one speaking, who's not the one on your team, whatever, you are unique. You have unique requirements, unique callings. Listen to them beyond the systems that have been given to you. And then use the systems if you want to, but in a more playful way. And shed the systems if you don't need them and you find your experience is still becoming more and more blissful, more and more ecstatic. You can have this without the systems. That's what we're telling you today. So do it if it feels fun and if you feel lighted up by whatever it is, but don't worry what other people are doing or talking about. And just because your friend is newly deigned as a astrology expert or something, you don't have to get your chart read. Okay, here's a question. Meditation, is it necessary for any part of awakening and realization in a formal way? We have to say in the world you live in, it's most useful. Because the world you live in is like a whirlwind. It's going in every direction possible. The world you live in is very agitated. And it's very difficult to be grounded and to be centered and to be aware of everything. 
that you need to be aware in order to open up to that sovereignty, that, that oneness. So yes, meditation, brief moments of contemplation, moments of awe, connecting to nature. Meditation can be any of these. Connecting to what is around you. And if you live in such a place that only concrete and glass is around you, even looking at a beautiful picture and connecting to the energy of nature in that beautiful picture will help you. We are saying today, you don't need to stay in a box, but any tool that make you feel more connected to who you truly are is your tool for now. And a discipline is helpful. A discipline doesn't mean that it needs to be, how could we say this? There is freedom in a discipline that you choose. Let's say we're thinking meditation or yoga. Because you're gaining much more awareness and you're letting go of the agitation. So there is a lot of freedom in a discipline that you would choose to give yourself. But by all means, what we are saying is do it because you feel attracted to it, not because someone is telling you to do so. Not even us, not even any energy that is here with you to guide you. You have to experience what is being told to you in order to know if this is good for you. You have to anchor the experience in your being. That's how you will be in knowingness, not in knowledge, which is very different. I love that. That's been my experience. I've done yoga since high school, but I haven't for several years felt any urge or interest whatsoever in doing it. Not against it. That doesn't mean that a class couldn't open itself up in a next three days <laughs> and I'll love it. But I have not had that urge yet. And also meditation is something when I do inner voice sessions with clients, the minds can really want to break it down to 10 minutes of this type of meditation or this recording a day. Just the character has gone through that same journey as well in years past. Now it's a much more like watching TV. Do I feel like meditating is the same question Jess would ask would I want to watch Netflix right now? <laughs> it's the same, It's for the same amount of joy factor as well. I used to do it from a place of thinking I needed to, I should. I was making it a chore chart for my adult self. <laughs> the shoulds are never where you want to be. You have enough shoulds and must in your life, all of you. So anything that is for your inner growth, for your alignment is better lived, is more in sync with who you are when it comes from a calling inside. Oh, I feel like I would blossom or expand if I do this. And you have to try to know it. You have to try, but try for yourself. And even though your friend is fond of something, if you are not, just dare to do something for your own self. And we would like to come back on what was said previously with astrology and the Virgo and the Libra and the Arius and all these. It is good to know that certain traits are pertaining to a sign, are pertaining to a moment in the cyclical rhythm of your plane. It is good when this is where you are. 
when this is where an individual is in his or her path to awakening because it is good to have a sense of what is building your being in order to be able to be freed from it. <laughs> okay, go into that. What does that mean? You need to know you're a Virgo organized person in order to go beyond? We didn't say you need. Okay. We said it is good when you feel the calling to know what is a Virgo what is a Libra, what is an Aquarius. When you feel that need, it is good. That urge, it's a calling because that's where your path is taking you. But it's not a necessary step. If someone doesn't care about astrology, now with the energy that is available, with the consciousness that is available, someone can step right into a straight path, but that is unique to each and every one of you. And some people may find very nurturing for their journey to know that that's because they are indeed a Leo, that they like to have, you know, the spotlight on them and they like to be creative for someone, for a purpose, for the outside world and not like Pisces would do and be thrilled to create for his or her own experience. These are energies that are still holding your frame as a human, but you don't need to know them in order to expand. But if you feel like it, by all means do. Do you get the difference? Yes, and actually, as much as we're going to have this conversation on how we don't need it, can I ask you, I'm glad you circled back to astrology because my mind, and it's maybe a toy I'm integrating right now, but I want to have wisdom answer this new perception. Somehow along my path, I found the fact that apparently the zodiac has ages that are representative of each sign. So the life cycle of a human from like child to old person before death progresses. And so does the zodiac signs from Aries being the youngest and um, Pisces maybe the oldest? Yes. Yes. Okay. So is that the soul age? like through numbers of lifetimes? <laughs> is it? I know that I said it's not important, but my mind is fascinated by this potential that my mom as a Leo, my brother as a Leo, maybe younger souls than me as a Libra, but yet my dad as a Capricorn might be older than my soul. Mm, how beautiful. We want you to see here, it's a fun example, how the mind is quick to want to put levels of experience or hierarchy or this is such a natural we would not say twist but it's a habit for humans where am i in comparison to the other one or have i incarnated in this lifetime as in arius being the baby of the zodiac so i'm a young soul no that's not it the thing is that's the support system in that's the grid, it's a multi-dimensional grid that was active at the time the being was born. As an Aries, as a Libra, as an Aquarius, as a Pisces, as all the signs, this was 
a system of support for your energy to incarnate. And the soul is choosing that specific moment when it's not rushed. <laughs> but most of the time it's a full choice because it wants to experience a certain level of understanding of this era in which you are incarnated with the perspective of I am, I am with the others. We are giving increments here, okay? I am would be the Aries. I am with others would be the Taurus and so on and so forth until the incarnated soul reaches the last sign of the zodiac, which is, I hardly do not exist, I am the world around me. So we're giving an extreme example here, but when a soul chooses to incarnate, let's say in this year, a newborn baby who is born right now will have these tools to play with. It doesn't mean the soul is younger because it came into a specific time of the year. That's not it. It has chosen to explore this moment of humanity under that scope of energy, which is very different. The old soul incarnating in the first cycle of the astrology or the zodiacal wheel, so to speak, Thank you. And also my mind is slightly disappointed, <laughs> but thankfully more aware. We will just ask you, the mind is disappointed in a way, but if you want to check later on when we are done speaking, ask the rest of your being how it feels, this offer of information. We are not saying make this information yours. We're saying notice how the mind is disappointed, but the mind is so not who you are. So ask the rest of you, the rest of your wisdom, how it perceives this piece of information and see, see what unfolds. Yeah, no, I already know. I can tell from my inner voice. It doesn't care. <laughs> I found it fascinating to perceive. More than that, the inner voice knows it's not important, the rank, but we are asking you because this is Families are so important in a way, not that you need to hang on to them, that's not what we're saying, but they were one grid in which you incarnated, and there is a gift there, a knowledge, a wisdom, not a knowledge, there is a wisdom. So just to notice, how does it feel to know that it's not necessarily one person above or below the other, but where are the gifts? Just allow the higher realm of who you are to show you the gifts. Beautiful. Thank you. Is there anything else you want to share on the subject that we haven't covered already? We want to thank you for being so open at hearing this. We know some people will feel uncomfortable being told that these belief systems are not needed anymore. So by all means, know that Anything is good here as long as a belief system or a thought system feels good to you, make it yours. And when you start questioning it, that's the moment where you're ready to open a new door. But do not rush your own rhythm. There is no good or bad here. And we thank you. Thank you very much.
And there you have it. Thank you so much for listening. And if you know anyone that might enjoy this, feel free to share it with them. And if you want to see what I'm up to on Instagram, you can find me at Jesse as in Cookie Lively. Until next time, may something wonderful happen to you today. <laughs>